0: Have you ever gotten in trouble for doing the right thing? Anybody ever got in trouble for doing the right thing? I have a story. When I was just a little Sean, I was in first grade, and I got in trouble for trying to do the right thing. I don't know how it happened, but I was in the bathroom with bad boys, and they were being bad in the bathroom. And I was trying to encourage them to get out of the bathroom because the teacher was going to find out. I mean, these were rotten children. This is how I remember it, at least. And and so there's me, the angel. And I was a rule follower when I was a kid. Not so much now. But when I was a kid, I was a rule follower because I feared getting into trouble. I feared, you know, getting into trouble. And so... I'm in the bathroom trying to get my classmates out. And they're swinging on the stall doors. They're climbing on the sinks, climbing on the toilet. They're like throwing paper, t- paper towel and toilet paper everywhere. And I'm like, come on, guys. She's going to come in. Our teacher's going to come in. And we're going to get in trouble. we got to go. we got to go. we got to go. And then she walked in. And we were in trouble. And I knew it. And I'm like, oh, man. I knew this was going to happen. And so she, she brings us out of the bathroom. And lines us up outside the classroom. Now, this is probably somewhere around 1979. Okay, so things were a little bit different in classrooms from where they are today, from what I hear. So, um, she lines us up and says, I have to go get a witness. And I'm like, witness? For what? She comes back with the witness. The witness stands there. She goes into the classroom. And she emerges with a piece of wood that is shaped oddly like a paddle. What, what, what are we doing? And, and one by one, we had to bend over. And all I remember was looking between my legs and seeing her wind up like a major league baseball <laughs> player and just, I mean, hit a home run on little Pastor Sean. And, and it was awful. I mean, it was terrible. I suffer from PTSD to this day. <laughs> post-traumatic SWAT disorder. And so it was just, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe I had gotten a SWAT a swat do they even swat kids anymore these days no i don't think so i don't think so yeah i could get on a soapbox right now about but i won't i won't needless to say i was a well-behaved child for the next you know because the the ringing in my ears of that swat still to this day i remember what a horrifying experience that was but i was good <laughs> the rest of the year Kids went in the bathroom to mess around? Not Pastor Sean. No, I'm, you guys are on your own now. I ain't doing that again. Sometimes we get into trouble, though, when we choose to do the right thing. Uh, it could be when we're little kids, you know, and, and we tell the truth, or and, and somebody says, no, no, you're not supposed to say that, or, or when we're in high school, and, and we... we don't, we choose not to go along with the crowd. We choose to do the right thing even though everybody else is doing the wrong thing. And, and we, we just say, no, I'm not going to do that. And we get made fun of, we get teased, we get bullied because we chose to do the right thing. Or maybe at work, when you're at work and you're told you need to cut this corner or you need to, you need to not you know, work with such integrity, you know, and, and you're told don't do that, instead cut the corner lie about this, put this on the expense report, or put this in the report, and, and you're told to do the wrong thing. And you get in trouble when you choose to do the right thing. You know what I'm talking about? It, you know, it's, same thing goes as Christians, as followers of Jesus. You know, we're told to keep our mouths shut. We're told not to talk about certain things. We're We're going to look at a passage of scripture here in just a minute that says a lot about that. That people call evil good and call the things of God evil. We're living it out. We're seeing it in our very midst. And and we have this whole, you know, we want to do the right thing. We, We want to do what God wants us to do. And yet our society looks at us and says, you guys are off your rockers. Why would you even think about that? Or why would you even choose to do that? And and we get persecuted for doing the right things. Teenagers. You know, you go to school and and you get bullied for doing the right thing. You know, you may choose to sit with the kid in in school, the kid in class, you know, who nobody else wants to sit with, and then everyone makes fun of them, and now they start making fun of you because you're doing the right thing. You're loving somebody like Jesus wants you to, and yet everybody makes fun of you too. Sometimes... We get persecuted because we choose to do the right thing. And that's what we're going to talk about for a little while tonight. Um, We started a series at the beginning of June on the Beatitudes. And the Beatitudes are nine blessings that Jesus pronounced at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. And that's all a Beatitude is. It's a blessing that Jesus pronounced. And they're found in a couple of places In the Gospels, but the primary one that we think about is at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5. And so we've been taking these one by one uh, on weekends here since the beginning of June. Uh, We have gone through, uh, this tonight is number 8 of the 9. And tonight is actually part 1 of a two-part sermon series on persecution. Uh, Last week... Oh, leading up to this week, we've, seen, we've talked about how uh, this word uh, blessed, the, all these blessings begin with the word blessed are. So blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are the meek, uh, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, and, and so on. And we've looked at these different blessings that Jesus pronounces, and, and we've talked about how they apply to our lives today. And so when we talk about how blessed are the poor in spirit and how we realize that when we realize just how spiritually bankrupt we are and spiritually poverty-stricken we are, we are truly blessed because it means we're on the right track. And Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And I told you to think about these blessings uh, here in Matthew 5. It's kind of like a staircase uh, that we're, we're climbing toward a different kind of a mindset. We're climbing toward a different kind of a... A thought process, a, a, a shift in our thinking, if you will, this idea that we're going to move from being, um, you know, worldly-minded to more kingdom-minded, and so what we've been going through is, what we've been talking about is how uh, our minds have to change, our, our mindset has to shift uh, to look more like Jesus, and when we realize how poverty-stricken we are, how, how spiritually bankrupt we are, that's, that's the right step. That's a step in the right direction. And, and we become more and more like Jesus. The, the, the closer we get to him, the, the more time we spend with him, we start to look more like him. And so uh, we start to become more humble and meek. Uh, we become more gentle. Uh, we, we become hungry and thirsty for the right things. We become more merciful and forgiving. And we become peacemakers, like we talked about last week. Uh, How many of you um, this week had a chance to be a peacemaker and not a peacebreaker? Or how many of you chose, when I told you last week, to choose to diffuse? Anybody choose to diffuse this week? Any of you a peacebreaker, not a peacemaker? Like the sermon went right over your head last week, and it's like, I know what he said. I heard him, I heard him say, be a peacemaker, not a peacebreaker, and I'm going to break somebody's face Instead of being a peacemaker. Don't do that. No, choose to defuse. Okay, we, we're, we're going to remember that. Um, on this, tonight we're going to talk about what it means to be persecuted. That The closer we get to Jesus and the more we look more like him and the more we act like him, the more the world is going to rebel against that and the more the world is going to persecute us. When we choose to do the right thing So like I said tonight is just part one of two Tonight is is about being persecuted For doing the right things And next week we're going to talk about being persecuted For following Jesus So we're going to do those two things over the next two weeks um, Including tonight So um, if you uh, This would be a great time to get your phone out And pull up the GFCC app If you haven't gotten it yet You can go to your app store and search for GFCC And you can get our app And you can follow along in your app with the sermon notes um, otherwise you can take notes on the bulletin That you hopefully got when you came in um, We are in Matthew chapter 5 um, And we're going to look at one verse Matthew chapter 5 verse 10 And we're going to look at it in two pieces We're going to look at the first piece And then the second, and then the blessing second um, And so Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 verse 10 Blessed are those who are persecuted Because of righteousness Blessed are those who are persecuted Because of righteousness of righteousness. Now, when we think about persecution and being blessed, those two things don't tend to go together. We don't think about, oh, I'm being persecuted, therefore I am blessed. Well, we tend to kind of circle the wagons and say, ah, man, I don't want to be persecuted. And, and nobody wants to be persecuted. But Jesus said we are blessed when we are persecuted. We've talked about the, the word makarios, which is the Greek word for blessed. And it's a word that means Happy. And we don't tend to be happy when we're getting persecuted. And yet Jesus says you are to consider yourself blessed when you are persecuted for doing the right things. So I want to share with you, I've told you you countless times that the New Testament was written in ancient Greek. And the ancient Greek word for persecuted is the word dioko. And this word dioko literally means to persecute. Uh, to be mistreated, uh, to suffer persecution on account of something. That's where this word dioko, and and it literally means to be persecuted um, because of of something that you've chosen to do. Um, In Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, Jesus said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And that word righteousness is the same Greek word that is used in verse 10 for righteousness. So he says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. We talked about that several weeks ago and how we need to hunger and thirst for the right things. We need to hunger and thirst for doing the right things uh, on a personal level. We also need to hunger and thirst for God's righteousness on a societal level. We need to see uh, things change in our society and God wants to use us to do that. And so we need to hunger and thirst for righteousness. And that Greek word for righteousness is the word dikaiosune. And it literally means righteousness or a life of purity and virtue and integrity. Rightness and correctness of thinking, feeling, and acting. So this whole idea of being righteous, it's, it's thinking the right things, it's doing the right things, it's living the right way. And so, Jesus said, we need to hunger and thirst for righteousness, but also, we will be persecuted for righteousness' sake. We will be persecuted because we choose to do the right things. It seems kind of strange and counterintuitive, doesn't it? That if we do the right things, we should be rewarded instead of persecuted. And yet, Jesus said that you will be persecuted when you choose to do the right things. Yeah. In Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20, I told you I was going to tell you this this verse. Check this out. The prophet Isaiah wrote this like 400 years before Jesus was born. He said, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Does that happen? Does that happen in our world? Does that happen in our society? The things that God says are good, uh, our society says, no, those are evil. The things that God says are evil, society calls good. That doesn't happen in our world, does it? Of course it does. We see it all the time. Things that, are, that God would consider to be uh, sinful, our world looks at and celebrates. And when we as Christians stand up and say, no, this is wrong, or, or we, when we call sin, sin, we say, this is sinful. And when we stand up and say something like that, we're persecuted for it. No matter what God says, people don't want to hear it. And when we take, when we choose to draw a line in the sand and we choose to stand with God and say, these things are wrong, because God says they're wrong. And when we do that, we're persecuted, we're ostracized, we're, we're cast out, we're looked down on as being small-minded, the closed-minded, hatred, uh, full of hatred, Our society persecutes those who call the things evil that God calls evil. Our society persecutes those who will not go along with the crowd and won't, won't go along with the flow. Come on, guys. Just, just, everybody's doing it. Huh. So what do we do? I, what are we supposed to do? This is what Paul told the, the preacher Timothy in 2 Timothy 3.12. Everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Wow. Everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. That if you want to do the right things, and if you want to live a life that honors God, and if you want to live a life that is consistent with what God says to do, you will be persecuted. He doesn't say you may be persecuted, he says you will be persecuted. You will be ostracized. Your family may not talk to you anymore. Your friends may not talk to you anymore. You may get fired from your job for doing the right thing. You stand up and say, no, this is wrong, and I'm going to do the right thing. And you get fired because of it. Or you're passed over for a promotion because of it. Because you chose to do the right thing. Everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. And we'll talk a little bit more about that next week. But there is a promise, there is a blessing that goes along with doing the right thing. That when we're persecuted, we are blessed. It may not seem like it, but it's true. Because Jesus said this in the second half of Matthew 5.10. He said, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, here's the amazing thing about Jesus' beatitudes. They're bookends. The very first beatitude is in Matthew chapter 5, verse 3, where he said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Notice, Matthew 5, 3 bookends with Matthew five ten. Where in Matthew 5, 3, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And then, Matthew 5, 10, Blessed are those... Uh, who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. It's like when we first start out on our journey of faith, and we're realizing just, you know, what's going on in our lives, and, you know, we, we realize that we are spiritually poverty-stricken, that we are spiritually bankrupt, that we're spiritually no good on our own. You know, Matthew 5, 3, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And then, we we progress through our, our our life of faith and we become more like Jesus in the way that we treat other people, the way that we love other people, the way that we serve other people, the way that we forgive other people. We look more like Jesus when we're more meek and gentle and kind and loving and forgiving and peacemaking. Then when we when we start to look more like Jesus and we start to do the right things instead of the wrong things, then we're persecuted because of righteousness. But don't forget there is a reward that comes for, with, with being persecuted and that is, their, yours is the kingdom of heaven. And I think what Jesus is telling us is don't lose sight of heaven. Don't lose sight of heaven. No matter what persecution may come, whether it's from your family, whether it's from your friends, whether it's from your coworkers, whether it's from your neighbors, whether it's from even somebody here at church, that if you choose to do the right things, don't lose sight of heaven know just know that there is a reward waiting for you i want to boil it down in just a couple things a couple suggestions of things that you can do with this first of all don't be surprised when you are persecuted for doing the right thing don't be surprised because jesus promised that there would be persecution he promised that persecution would come you know, like I said, what, what Paul said to Timothy, everyone who wants to live a godly life will be persecuted. Everyone will be persecuted. So don't be surprised when persecution comes. Uh, at the, in 2 Timothy 3, verses 1 through 5, this is what he wrote to Timothy. He said, but mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with such people. And you look at that list of what the world is going to be like in the last days, and you've got to wonder, man, are we living in the last days? Yes, we are. Because that, if you were to take that list... And compare it to the evening news. Like if you were to watch, you know, ABC World News Tonight, or CBS Evening News, or NBC Nightly News, or whatever you watch, Fox News, MSNBC, CNN, uh, the internet—don't read the internet. Uh, um. Whatever you were, whatever you watch, and, and just just take a look at that list from 2 Timothy three one through five, and the world, the situation in our world today, and you'll be like, man. We are living in the last days. Things are not getting better. People are not getting better. We are, as a society, as a nation, as a world, we are getting worse. We are rolling toward Judgment Day. And, and, and the thing is, is that, you know, as the world becomes more cold and less loving and less Christ-like, they will tolerate righteousness even less. So don't be surprised when you are persecuted for doing the right thing. Secondly, don't retaliate when you are persecuted for doing the right thing. Because that's the temptation. You do the right thing, you get persecuted, and then you just want to bop somebody in the nose. That's not fair. It's not fair that I got treated this way for doing the right thing. It's not fair that I'm persecuted for righteousness. It's not fair. And the temptation will be to retaliate. But Jesus said this in Matthew five forty three through 45. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Then you may be children of your Father in heaven. And so, if you have somebody in your life who considers you to be their enemy and they persecute you or they uh, ostracize you or they mock you, make fun of you, whatever, if there's someone in your life and they consider you to be their enemy, what does Jesus say to do? Love them. Love them. If somebody's persecuting you because you're doing the right thing and they're, they're persecuting you, what does Jesus say to do? He didn't say bop them in the nose. He didn't say persecute him right back. He says pray for them. Pray for them. Folks, there is something bigger on the line here than just our own reputations or our own comfort or our own preferences. We're talking the eternal life for people. And we have to love people in Jesus' name so much that we will do whatever it takes to get them into heaven. Anything short of sin... We're going to do as a church to get people into heaven. And we're going, to, we're, going to, we're going to do it until we die. We're going to do it until Jesus says not to do it anymore. And we're, so we're going to continue our mission of helping people follow Jesus. Introducing people to Jesus. And helping them get to know who he is and the difference that he makes in our lives. So that they'll put their faith and trust in him. They'll believe in him as the son of God, savior of the world. They'll repent, they'll turn away from sin and turn to God for forgiveness. They'll acknowledge Jesus by confessing Him as Lord and Savior and getting baptized. So that when God washes away their sins and forgives their sins, they'll be filled with the Holy Spirit and their lives will be transformed and changed. Our job isn't to change anyone's life. Our job is to introduce them to the one who can. And that's Jesus. That's what He does. I was telling somebody today, I said... uh, You know, why do we think as a church, why do do churches think that they're in the business of of changing people's lives when it's clear from Scripture that that's the Holy Spirit's job? It'd be like if you showed up next weekend and I said, are are you ready to preach tonight? And you'd say, what? Yeah, yeah. Are you ready to preach tonight? You'd say, no, that's your job, Sean. You're right, that's my job. I'm going to preach tonight. But we do that to the Holy Spirit. When we tell the Holy Spirit, you know, we have to change people's lives. And the Holy Spirit says, no, 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 no. That's, that's my job. You point people to me. You point people to Jesus. And we'll let Jesus change their lives. And we'll encourage them along the way. And we'll love them into a loving relationship with Jesus because that's what we do as a church. I, I've told you this before, and I mean it, and I believe it. There's only one thing that changes lives, and that's love. Love changes lives. God's love and the love of his people will change someone's life before shouting at them, before screaming at them, before uh, persecuting them. We're not going to change anybody's lives by beating them over the head. But if we will love them in Jesus' name, if we will really love people the way Jesus loves people, they will want to know him, and they will want to invite him into their lives, and they will want to surrender to him. And he will come in and change their lives from the inside out that's what he does and guess what that's what he's done for you and that's what he wants to do for someone else so instead of retaliating against someone who's persecuting you because you're doing the right thing we need to love people who are persecuting us we need to pray for people who are persecuting us when we choose to do the right thing romans 12:14 says this bless those who persecute you bless and do not curse oh it's so hard it's so hard it's hard Donna agrees. She agrees. It is hard, isn't it? You want to bop them in the nose, don't you, sweetie? Yes, you do. And she's been a Christian her whole life. And she still wants to bop people in the nose. It's okay, me too. We need to bless people who persecute us. Love those who persecute us. Pray for those who persecute us. Because how we respond says a lot about us. Last thing, I just want to encourage you is do the right thing anyway. Do the right thing anyway. Do not be afraid to do the right thing. Do it anyway. Because the temptation is going to be to say, you know what, it's not worth it. The persecution isn't worth it. I'm just going to go with the flow and I'm just going to do what everybody else is doing. I'm going to, you know, when the boss says, Cut corners at work. I'm going to cut those corners because I, I don't want to deal with the persecution. Uh, when the kids at school say, you know, that kid's a nerd, or you know, you shouldn't hang out with them. You're, you're right. You know, I want to be popular. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to be a geek. I don't want to be a nerd. You know, I just rather just go with the flow. When the kids at school or the people at, at work or whatever are doing drugs, and it's like, you know, what, what are you? Some kind of stick in the mud? What's the matter? You don't want to do drugs with us? What? Come on, everybody's doing it. You know, know, fine, I'll just go along with the crowd instead of doing the right thing. Do not be afraid to do the right thing no matter what anybody says, no matter what anybody else does. Do the right thing. Do what makes God proud. Do the right thing. I want to sum it up like this. When you do the right thing in spite of persecution, it says more about your character than it does the character of those who persecute you. When you choose to do the right thing, in spite of persecution, it says more about your character than it does about the character of those who persecute you. We will all stand before Christ one day. He is our judge. And we will all stand before him. What will he say to you? Well done, my good and faithful servant. You fought the fight. You didn't give in. You did the right thing. And now, yours is the kingdom of heaven. And when we do the right thing, even in the face of persecution, when we do the right thing, and we, we don't cut those corners, when we do the right thing, and we live a life of integrity, and we work with integrity, and we make the right choices, ours is the kingdom of heaven. Even in the face of persecution. Because nothing can change that. Nothing can change that promise of God. Nothing can take away that promise from you. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. And nothing can take you out of His hand. No. No, you belong to Him. And whatever they may come against you with, whatever persecution you may face, whatever difficulty may come, whatever trial may happen in your life... Nothing can separate you from God's love. And when you choose to do the right things, even in the face of persecution, you will truly be hashtag blessed.